What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar, Jeff. It's a great name, and thanks for much having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV. I see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the fabulous, fabulous edition of the World Famous. Jiggy Jaguar radio program, coast to coast, to border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course, the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. Or check out J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.us. Amazing show today here on 50 Plus AM FM Station. Also, iHeartRadio as well. Coming up, we've got some great guests. Our great regulars are going to be here as well. But let's tell you about one of our fantastic, fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing. I have found a new addiction, kids. The Wine and Shout Podcast. They talk and laugh over wine in their bedroom about what happens in the 30s. Get real. Because nothing turns out the way that you thought. Parenting, divorce, marriage, friends, nothing is off limits. They also have audio people watch as well. They interview people from Uber drivers to Hooters waitresses. Oh, my God, it's absolutely amazing. Check out Wine and Shout Pod on Twitter. Also, Wine and Shout on Instagram. And go over there and like their Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash wine and shout podcast check it out today let's go to our first segment here on the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program broadcasting live from Hutchinson Kansas call Jiggy right now 267-22-Jiggy. He's realizing Jiggy Jaguar is better than me. I'm totally serious about that, too. Presenting Jiggy Jaguar. Welcome back to 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. It is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting on TV as well on Access Television. We've got a great musical showcase today here on our program. A fantastic, fantastic musical artist. 
Check out zhandalore.com slash Aries. Uh, that's right, Z-H-A-L-I-N-D-O-R uh, dot C-O-M slash A-I-R-E-S. Amazing, amazing music. We're going to go to their musical showcase right now. Here is some samples of jazz and easy listening. Amazing, amazing music. Check it out today here on the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. We don't want to give away the whole track. We want you to go ahead and check out their website. Go over there right now. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing. Check out Z-H-A-L-I-N-D-O-R.com slash music. Amazing, amazing stuff. We're going to take a time out, come back with more here. On the world famous Chicky Jack Wire Radio Program Music Showcase. This is Chris Markowski, your watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. Trim, 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 another trim. Average probability of the United States economy entering a recession in the coming 12 months. Yeah, um, it's looking worse. The average forecast for GDP drops to 2.1. From 2.4%, and I think that that is rose-colored glasses. I really do. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near that at this point in time. Uh, you try to tell me what the um, what the real, I guess, I, what is it? What's, what's going to spark it? What's going to light the fire? 
What's going to get the economy moving and grooving again? What's going to get business owners excited about the future? Uh, we've got a, a presidential race, which is completely spun out of control. We've got a communist beating on uh, Hillary Clinton in many respects. On the left, you've got guys talking about their wives on the right. Not too exciting to me. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Check out audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. For you, the listeners of the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, I recommend End of Watch by Stephen King. Check out audible.com. It is amazing. Check out A-U-D-I-B-L-E. T-R-I-A-L dot com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. That's audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Jaguar. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Jaguar for your free audiobook. Jeff, it's a great day, but thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thanks very much. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you. Probably well written. Tell me about the writing process for the book. Well, you know, I, I have a, a three colleagues. Those were people who were killed in the middle. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information. All available on our great new app. It's available in the App Store. We've got Rich Gaines on the telephone. He's going to join us in a few moments to discuss a cool, cool topic, how uncertainty results in business and family being ripped apart. He joins us today here on our big program. Rich, welcome to the broadcast. How are you, sir? Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm really glad to be a part of the show and and looking forward to a, a great, uh, great show. Well, uh, Rich, to tell us a little bit about your on your background first off. I'll be happy to. So, uh, I've uh, I'm one of those nerd guys. I've been in education all my life, and and I went to law school, and and I decided uh, I wanted to be better and and have more. So I got an advanced degree in tax law, so that I could help people save money and protect themselves against uh, the government taking taking it out of their pockets and. So I've been doing that for uh, 30 years and uh, live here in Carlsbad, California. So I'd like to uh, share a, a little quick uh, story about my personal self. My name okay. is Rich Gaines. My, my name is Rich Gaines. Uh, I've had this 30-year career as a tax attorney, and my wife had twins. My, my wife and I, well, she had the twins. <laughs> I just helped out. Um, and they were born on April 15th. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so that's, yep, that's, that's the universe having a sense of humor. So it kind, of, kind of put everything into alignment. <laughs> now, um, give us a little bit on this topic, how, how uh, uncertainty results in business and family being ripped apart. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so, you know, after uh, a long career in, in doing tax law, I started to realize that there had to be something better that uh, people wanted uh, for themselves. And, and I realized that, businesses and families get ripped apart we see lawsuits we see all kinds of problems and you know the challenge was how the heck can we be doing such a good job if we're having all these difficulties with with partners uh, arguing uh, with families uh, beneficiaries and and uh, wanting more out of their out of their parents you know after the parents die and all these things and 
And uh, so I started to realize that there had to be something bigger. And, and after uh, a long time of looking at what wealth really means and, and focusing in on what really counts for people, um, I created a system. It's called the Treasure of Wealth. And that Treasure of Wealth system has seven keys to creating and maintaining wealth. And so one of those keys is planning. Now, okay. how that relates to uncertainty. So that how that relates to uncertainty, it's the flip side. So for the listeners, you know, I want to ask them a question. Would you agree that planning creates more certainty? And if the answer to that is yes, then that means uncertainty must result in certain problems. And that's, okay. where, uh, that's where this all comes from. So when you think about uh, people planning a vacation, most people that I know, they don't say, well, I'm going to go somewhere and I don't know how to get there. Now, some people would say, yeah, I want to go to New York, uh, but I'm not sure how to get there. Most people would say, well, I'm going to go to New York, and I'm going to take a plane to get there. And so that's the idea of how uncertainty creates the challenges of where are we going, how are we going to get there, what do we need to succeed, and what direction are we taking. And without that certainty, we're just kind of running around in circles doing <laughs> things without any real direction. And yes. what the heck is the result going to be, right? Yes. So I want to share a story if I can. Uh, okay. It's a personal story, and it, 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 um, it helps to elaborate on how uncertainty could have, could have resulted in deadly consequences. I have skied all my life. And when I was younger, my brothers and I had a great opportunity with, uh, with our family, and we went to Kitzbühel, Austria. So we were skiing uh, in the Alps. And we were coming down this run, and we decided to take a break. And all of a sudden, this fog descended on us. And it was, it was an incredible fog. It was a, a choking fog. We couldn't see more than a, a foot in front of our face. And so we're standing there uh, in the Austrian Alps, and we're going, you know, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? Now, we had been in this situation many times before because, you know, we've skied all our lives. We've, uh, we've been on mountains we were familiar with. But, you know, on this, uh, on this run, we were, we were at a precipice. You know, which way do we go? Do we go left? Do we go right? We couldn't go back up the mountain. And then all of a sudden, these three figures came out of the fog, and, and uh, they, they whooshed by us, you know, down and to the right, I call it. And they showed us the way. And, you know, we figured they were probably three members of the Austrian ski team, and, you know, they knew their way. And, and at that moment in time, the fog lift, lifted ever so gently. Twenty yards to the left, James, three brothers would have skied off of a cliff. Down and wow. to the right, we, con we continued our ski adventure. So I, I, I like to share this story because it shows that a lot of times when we're uncertain, we don't know which way to go, everything may be going smoothly in our business and our family, and then all of a sudden this fog descends. And if we don't know what we're, where we're going, if we don't have a plan, that uncertainty can lead to really dire consequences. It leads to the lawsuits. It leads to the failure of communication. It leads to paying too much in taxes. It leads to costly business mistakes. All of these things that, that can really have problems uh, for, you know, who we are and what we're doing. I was at home. I was sitting, uh, I was sitting at home, and I'm watching my wife. And she's cutting a watermelon, and, and I love this story because it just hit me. So when, when people go to the store and they buy a watermelon, do they know what it's going to taste like? Do they know whether it's going to be ripe? Do they know whether it's going to be overripe? Do they know what kind of watermelon they're going to get? No. And so what happens? We shake the watermelon. We pound it. We look at it. We shout at it. You know, is this thing going to taste good? 
but we do it anyway. We buy the watermelon, we go home, and we certainly hope that we get the right one. And so, what I w- so the message about uncertainty is, the flip side is what I want to convey is it's about planning. Planning is about having clarity about where we're going, what we're doing, and how we're going to get there. It's an interesting uh, story today. We've got Rich Gaines joining us today here in our broadcast, coast to coast to border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, a brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. And uh, give us a little bit more details on this uh, with uncertainty and how it can relate to business. So I'd love to. Um, So, you know, when we're uncertain, uh, we get, uh, we kind of fall back into the comfort zones, you know, places that we're familiar with. We're not sure that we're going to take action because the future is, is not knowable and and so sometimes we get fearful, and, and so when it comes to our business, you know, we're, we don't take those actions that we should take to get the business running smoothly, to doing the things that are necessary to make sure that, that we have a clear direction, a clear focus, the goals, the purpose that we have. And, and so this idea of planning, which is the first treasure key, is to create that. It's to create that certainty. And what I did is I put together seven clarities as part of this planning process. And one of those clarities is vision. And a vision for, uh, for ourselves and for our business, uh, the way I define it, is how do we make a difference in the world? What is it that we want to do that can help people and, and really truly make a difference? And so when we talk about you know, how to make that difference, we look at um, uh, how are we different than anybody else? What are the things that we've done in our lives that, that uh, tell us, well, that's a little bit more about purpose, but, you know, when, when we talk about vision, how do we want to make a difference? So when you, when you think about uh, Microsoft, what, what was micro, Microsoft's vision? They wanted a computer in every home. That's what drove the company. They had a very clear vision. That's what, that's what they were all about. That was their why. Um, Apple wanted a different computing experience. That was their why. What they ended up doing is they created a company that led them to a different experience in how people uh, have their Apple, right, computers, uh, the way that the Apple computer um, function, the functionality, not having a, a Windows operating system. So all those things were the technical details, but the vision is what drove them. And so when we talk about uh, the planning process, one of the first things we want to get clear on is what is the vision? What is the difference that we want to make in people's lives? And for me, my vision is to expand the way they people think and talk about wealth, not just in money, but in values, beliefs, and traditions. And so as we move through the planning process, we get certainty. We take away that uncertainty. And so in planning, you know, most people will plan a vacation. They plan to buy a home. They plan to have a child. But do they really, you know, plan in their business? Do they really look at wealth? Do they really look at the opportunities as to how they can build and grow it and, and make it work for them? How do they can save money? And so those are, the, those are the areas that we start to focus on when it comes to business. We, we work through these seven clarities. We work on uh, getting a business uh, focused on their direction on exactly how they're going to get there. So a second uh, part of the clarity, uh, once we get the vision, well, we, we talk through. So, so let me back up a second because I like to go through these a little bit because yep, they're really yep. important. Y- 
you know, vision, vision is how we're going to make a difference, but a lot of times we don't really know what our purpose is in life. So a lot of times people say, well, that's great, you can have a vision, but I don't really even know what I want to do, or I don't really know what's important. And so, you know, we've we got to step back and we, we have to say, well, what's your purpose? Who are you at the core? Um, what, what makes you tick in life? You know, how did you grow up? What were the things that influenced you? And so we get people real clear on their purpose in life. You know, how are you different than anybody else? What were those things in your background that makes you unique, that makes you, um, that makes you, uh, uh, you know, be able to, to say that, you know, these are the things that are my strengths in life. Yes. Um, you know, you're obviously hosting this radio show and, and uh, you know, hearing how you uh, come across on the radio show, you're enthusiastic, you're motivated, you know, this is the thing that you love to do, it's your purpose. It's what it's what why you get up every morning and and so for some of the listeners and in you know if they don't really know how to get to that purpose one of the exercises I like to give them I love this is that write down ten things that you have done in your life that you absolutely love to do that you had fun doing it it was effortless and you know it it didn't take anything and it's just you would do it all the time. And so if you write those 10 things down for the listeners, um, and then you start to whittle that down, revise it, so then go to five things, and then go to three, and then go to one. And that one thing, as you, as you go down through this list, that one thing, in my opinion, will get you to your purpose. And that's a great exercise in, in how you can really start to understand who you are. So for me, I, we started out the show, and I said I've been in education all my life. Yes. That was how I grew up. That was our expectation in our family. And so, yeah, you know, I did the college thing. I did the, the law school thing. I got the tax degree. You know, that's what I've done. It's all been about education. And so what do I love to do? I love to teach. And that's why I love being on this show. I love being doing the podcast. I love holding events. I love being out there. I do this with my clients. You know, we teach them. We talk about the benefits that are available to them. So teaching is what I love to do. And so when you find that purpose, you know, then you can say, great, okay, well, how can I take that purpose and how can I uh, get it out there into the world? And, and that's where the vision comes from. And so when I talk about teaching, I want to teach different ways that people can expand and, and uh, talk about wealth and create and maintain that wealth. And so I take all the skills and the tools and the, and the things, that, the experience and the knowledge that I've accumulated over the 30 years. That's just the stuff. That's the toolkit. You know, we all, we all have our expertise. We all have the tools. We all have the education. We all have the things that we've learned in our lives, and it's taking those individual things and making it work for people. Um, so that's the stuff I've learned. But, but, you know, it's the vision. It's the passion. That's what really drives it. And so once we get our purpose and our vision, you know, then we start to drill down into these specifics. And that's really where, when we talk about business, when we talk about, you know, how do you make a business how do you grow it? What are the steps that you need to take? You know, where are you going with it? Once you get those clarities, you know, then we can really start to drill down into the specifics. Um, so we start looking at goals. And I know a lot of business coaches, you know, they talk about this. There's a lot of uh, other speakers that talk about this. You know, you, you, you set your three main goals, you know, for the year. And goals have to be specific. We call it SMART. They have to be SMART. They have, so, so a goal has to be specific. You know, can you, uh, can you measure it? Can you take action on it? 
Uh, is it uh, results-oriented? And is it time-bound? So that's a SMART goal, S-M-A-R-T. And so if you said, you know, I want to make um, $100,000 more in revenue this year uh, by the end of the year, is that, is that specific? Absolutely. Is it measurable? Sure, you got $100,000. Can you take action on it? Sure, I can take action to, you know, what do you need to do to take action to get to an extra $100,000 for the year? Is it uh, results-oriented? Sure, I can measure at the end of the year, I'll know whether I have the extra 100000 And we know it's the end of the year, so there's a time parameter associated with it. So when we talk about planning, and we talk about how planning changes uncertainty, that's how we get to uh, our goals. And so from those goals, we then break down into uh, a more specific uh, detail, which is action. And action are the things that we're going to do every day. How many phone calls do we have to make? Uh, how many people do we have to meet? How many networking groups do we have to go to? How many social media platforms do we have to uh, uh, engage in? You know, what do we have to do each and every day to, in order to accomplish the goals? I had a great mentor. He talked about goals as stepping stones. Um, you know, each, each time a goal is achieved, you're one step closer to getting those things in life that you want to get. And so that's, that's kind of how the seven clarities continue to break down. There's a few more, you know, after that. But, uh, you know, but I think that gives um, uh, the listeners uh, a great step forward in, in how they can really take action and do the things necessary to overcome that uncertainty and move themselves towards the things that they want to do. Well, how do we get a hold of you online? How do, how do we uh, uh, get in touch with you and, uh, and, and make all that work? So I have a couple of different ways. Um, I have uh, actually two websites. So one is, uh, is www.treasureofwealth.com. That's www.treasureofwealth.com. And my other website is www.legacy-legal.com. That's www legacy-legal.com and if uh, people want to uh, get a hold of me directly they can uh, use my email which is yes. rich at family legacy legal.com I know it's a little bit of a long one it's rich at family legacy legal.com well I appreciate you making time for us today thanks for coming on the broadcast I'd love being here, and I appreciate the opportunity as well. Definitely. Well, we'll talk soon, my friend. Have yourself a wonderful day. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we've got more coming up here on the world-famous Chiki Jaguar Radio Program. Check out audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. For you, the listeners of the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, I recommend End of Watch by Stephen King. Check out audible.com. It is amazing. Check out A-U-D-I-B-L-E. 
A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. That's audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Jaguar. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Jaguar for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagonhalls. It's amazing how fear drives different behaviors. Here are some interesting reasons why people are fearful of getting rich. It's unfamiliar. To increase your financial means, you need to increase your intellectual means to handle it. A documented phenomenon known as neophobia. The tendency of an animal to avoid or retreat from an unfamiliar object or situation from Medicine.net. You don't want to give up your non-necessities. What's a need versus a want? An easy question to answer. Ironically, many people don't want to ask because it will increase their investment potential as a result. Do you avoid learning the investment ropes for the easy investment of buying a lottery ticket? Stop right now. The odds of winning Powerball are astronomical and a USA Today article revealed that 70% of lottery winners end up broke again, many within just a few years. For more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness, visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com. I'm Heather Wagonhals. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. We are back here on the world-famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Program. Mark Hoberman, the test prep expert and teen illness survivor, is going to be with us here in a few moments here on our broadcast. Go ahead and download our brand new app, ChickyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information. All available on our fantastic, fantastic app. We are going to go to... Actually, we're going to do... Uh, I'm not going to do that, because I want video today. We're doing audio. We'll see if Mark Hoberman is with us. We'll see if he picks the phone. The old skype rooney There's Mark. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I've got you, my friend. How are you? Good, but I think I'm going through the wrong sound system. You could... You could... I have my headset on, but I can't hear you. So, but you can hear me. I can hear you just fine, my friend. All right, then I'll do it like that. Mark Hoberman is with us today. He's a, test, he's a test prep expert, teen illness survivor. He's an educational consultant who's an expert in SAT and ACT test prep, overcoming teen illness and beating stress. And he joins us today here on the broadcast. We are going to talk about his latest uh, memoir. It's uh, called Search and Seizure, Overcoming Illness and Adversity. And uh, it tells Mark's story. But uh, first of all, Mark... Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background here, because you're an educational expert as well. Yeah, well, I've been teaching English for 33 years. I've owned my touring business probably for about 25. Um, so you know, I've been doing that. We branched out into ACT and SAT prep about 15, 20 years ago. And now I'm doing a lot of college advisement, college counseling. But we moved it you know, away from just local. We do a lot of online consulting, online live lessons on a live whiteboard. So kids can see us, we can see them. So we're pretty much able to help people regardless of their location. Now, uh, you've, you've, you've got a uh, pretty interesting story here. Tell us a little bit about this book that you've written. So I wrote Search and Seizure. I probably started it a few years ago. Um, it's the story of uh, my life and being diagnosed with epilepsy at the age of 16 after a very stressful move from New York to Florida. Uh, my parents told me at the last minute, you know, dad wants to relocate his business and, 
and then semi-retired. So we moved three weeks later, and I had worked for many years since I was 13, newspaper routes and penny saver routes. Yep. Saved enough money up and bought a uh, beautiful 1997, I'm sorry, a 1977 Mustang, only about two or three years old at the time. Beautiful car, and then a couple months after that, driving the car with my cousin Candace to visit her brother, my other cousin Mark. Uh, I started to babble a bit in the car, missed the exit twice, uh, and as I went through the toll booth finally, this is for the story, her story, I have no memory of this. Uh, I, I started with the babbling with a, a petite mal seizure, turned into a grand mal seizure, and I had a really big, uh, full-blown seizure at the wheel of the car. She had oh, to steer it. Luckily, I was going slowly because of the uh, oncoming toll booth, um, and she was able to steer it through the toll booth. And so when we got past that, didn't hit the embankment because she lifted her leg up and swung all the way over and stepped on the brake of the car. So uh, years went by. I mean, up until a year ago when I when the book came out, 10 people didn't know that I had epilepsy. Wow. I kept it to myself. I have relatives, close relatives who read the book and couldn't believe that it was a true story. They had no idea that I uh, was an epileptic. A lot of stigma attached, a lot of depression, tough times, and then I started to take control of the illness, learn more about it. Uh, started the book probably about three years ago, put it aside when things got a little busy, yeah. and lo and behold, my son was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, lost a lot of weight, stomach problems, a couple of skin issues, happy-go-lucky kid became very depressed, lost weight, and uh, I said, we're going to take care of this. I did research. We contacted different doctors. My wife said, you know, how are you handling this so well? And I said, you know, I haven't thought about it, but I guess it's because I lived it. And I decided then, of course, since I'm an educator at heart, if I could help you and help him and even help us as a family as well as myself, I guess I could help others out there. So I decided to finish the book. And it's not just for epileptics, but people with any struggles. Could be diabetes. doesn't have to be illness. Could be bullying. Could be any stress. Just, you know, my mantra and the message of the book is do not let your illness or problems define you. You define them. And uh, that's pretty much uh, why I wrote the book and the message I want to send. And I, and I say that I'm the person, whoever I am today, I'm not the person I am in spite of my illness. I am who I am because of my illness. We've got Mark Hoberman with us today, educational consultant. He's an expert in SAT and ACT test prep, overcoming teen illness and beating stress. He has Search and Seizure, which is his latest. And uh, his story follows his experiences up to present day, where he has taught for over 32 years and helped many teens and parents navigate difficulties of topics uh, ranging from uh, illness, academics, test anxiety, and more. And uh, he joins us live here on our broadcast. Now, um... Give, give us a little bit of details on teen illness and, and how your book addresses that. Well, I was diagnosed as a teen, and I, I recall, you know, after being diagnosed and years later moving back to New York and uh, eventually becoming a teacher where I started in the Bronx, New York, we used to get in homeroom, we used to get these big, gigantic folders, and in it was just one student's information. We had like 30 of these for our homeroom class. And I was looking through it, and I saw... So many things, asthma, diabetes, some epileptics, some of them listed their medications and they were the same as mine. But because I never really shared my illness with anybody, I really couldn't talk to them about it. And, uh, you know, I recognize things in these people as I've tutored over the years. I've become very close with the clients. We're very hands on. I've had people with Tourette's I've tutored, with Asperger's, people who just were, I guess, social outcasts and whatnot. So I guess even as an adult, because I lived this as a teen, 
I really can connect with the kids and connect with their parents and help them. So it goes past just the tutoring subject to getting to to give them some some not just educational consulting but life's lessons as I as I begin to share my story. So I teach this now in my classes, uh, in my enrichment classes, and I have a common core aligned curriculum that I wrote with 41 questions, which really gets deep into how do you handle your issues and, and how do you make it so it doesn't define you and that you can overcome these things. And you can't always beat them, but can you manage them? So the, the, not just the parents, but the teens are really, really uh, enjoying it and truly connecting with the story. We've got a fabulous guest with us today. He joins us live here on our Wednesday edition of the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program. Mark Oberman is an educational expert. He's an expert in SAT and ACT test prep. He's got a great book, Search and Seizure, which is now available. Now, you also address education, being an educator yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and what, you, uh, what, what you impart knowledge to readers in your great book. Well, uh... As far as the book, the education is based on how to be informed and that knowledge truly is power. Uh, back in the day, I'm 54 now, so when I went to research my epilepsy, I had to call the Epilepsy Foundation. I called the Mayo Clinic. I had to go to the library. I'm going to use a word now. Some of your listeners, if they're younger, won't know. I had to look it up on microfiche. So, you know, <laughs> when I went into the periodical room and looked at the kids in my class thought I said microfish. They said, what are you looking up little fish for? I said, no, microfish. They have no clue. Yes. And uh, learn more about the illness probably in 50 minutes now on the Internet than I learned in a month going to the library several days a week. And uh, I teach people that, you know, own, the, own your illness, own your problems, own your struggles, read uh, blogs, look things up, talk to people who have the same difficulty, which I didn't do as much as I should have when I was younger. I really looked, I didn't talk to human beings, so to speak, as much as I did reading and, and reading pamphlets from the Epilepsy Foundation and whatnot. But, you know, education really is knowledge is power, whether it's English, math, science, you know, anything, a language. So I really teach that in the book. They come away with knowing that you need to know what's going on, know what other people have done, how they deal with these things, and that you're not alone and you can find people who have the same struggles you have and learn from their stories. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone, to, or actually on Skype Audio, to uh, discuss his latest book, Search and Seizure. Uh, Mark Hoberman is with us today. He's an educational consultant. He's also an expert in SAT, ACT test prep, overcoming teen illness and beating stress, and his great book, Search and Seizure, great inspirational memoir, Overcoming Illness and Adversity, is now available. Check out Search and Seizure, Overcoming Illness and Diversity. Now, um, you also mention, uh, in 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 the book, some SAT ACT prep. What is the best uh, test for 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 students, and uh, what 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 should they be really gearing up and, and going towards? Well, uh, the SAT just changed about two years ago, and they're a little more Common Core aligned and a little more similar to the ACT. My own preference really is towards the ACT. When I was in high school, uh, you know, thirty five years ago. I never even heard of the ACT. You didn't know anybody who took it unless you had a cousin in Idaho. Very few people <laughs> took it back then. It's now the number one test prep for college in the country. I think, as far as an English teacher, I will say that the readings, I think, are a little friendlier and easier. I'm not necessarily in love with how they ask the grammar questions on the SAT as compared to the ACT. 
the essays are quite different. I think the essay on the SAT is a little more challenging. I don't dislike the SAT. I just like the ACT more, and by and large, you know, 95% of the kids that I tutor who've taken both tests, and we tutor both forever, for years, uh, they fare better on the ACT. My math experts also tell me that uh, they like it a little bit better than the SAT as well. You know, either test is fine, but I do favor the ACT. We've got a fabulous guest with us today. Mark Hoberman joins us here in our broadcast, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, iHeartRadio as well, and AMFM247.com. For a complete list of our uh, stations and affiliates, check out com. Mark Hoberman with us today. He's got search and seizure, overcoming illness and adversity. Now, you mentioned in the book uh, some tips and tricks about dealing with stress. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, first of all, you know, we help people with test anxiety and, and stress and things like that. I also have uh, an expert uh, in, in, in test anxiety and stress reduction who helps me as well, uh, you know, with students and whatnot. Uh, a lot of the tricks are, first of all, when it comes to education, you know, a lot of people get test anxiety and stressed out because, not because they don't study, but because they do study, and some of them study incorrectly. That's why we do a lot of study skills workshops, because imagine a kid studying for four hours and knowing when I go into the test tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to recall anything, and that's what causes the test anxiety. Uh, so, you know, if you study wrong, once you study for four hours, you just studied wrong for four hours, so... You know, it becomes difficult. If you don't take good notes in class and you come home and study notes that aren't good, then that's not helping you no matter how much time you spend. So it's really prioritizing and and putting things in proper categories and knowing how to study to reduce stress, at least academically speaking. Uh, You know, some kids say, I fall asleep when I I study. And I said, how do you study? Well, first I lay down in bed. And right away, you shouldn't be in bed. Uh, How well lit is the room? Is the chair the most comfortable chair in the house? That's no good. I, I don't want them sitting on, you know, pins and needles. But uh, they also need to take breaks. Some people think if they should study for two hours, it should be two hours straight. It should not. People should study between 20 and 35 minutes. Take a five-minute break away from the study area so the brain knows, hey, I'm not studying now. And then come back and review so they can then start studying again. Review is the key. You don't learn when you study. You learn when you review what you study. That is uh, that that is a, a, an epic way to explain that because uh, I, we've talked to many educators on this broadcast and uh, in a roundabout way they say that. But uh, th- thanks for kind of putting that into perspective, there, my friend. Sure, my pleasure. Mark Hoberman is with us today, educational consultant. He has also got a great book, Search and Seizure. Overcoming Illness and Adversity. It's his inspirational memoir. It tells his story of uh, being diagnosed with epilepsy at age of 16 after a stressful move from New York to Florida. And uh, listeners uh, to this broadcast who pick this book up will learn how to deal with stressful situations. And uh, Mark is with us today, 32 years as an English teacher and SAT, ACT prep consultant, owner of a tutoring service for over 25 years. Um, Now, we hear a lot about speed reading and study skills and you see a lot of these folks on 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 television in fact at one point i interviewed a gentleman who basically pioneered that whole speed reading thing i've always thought that was just a bunch of nonsense but uh tell us a little bit about speed reading and study skills and and how that relates in your book 
Sure. So let me tell you that uh, speed reading can be a bunch of nonsense unless it's uh, defined for you the way I'm going to define it for you. Okay. So go ahead. If you if you come in reading a hundred words a minute, you're a slow reader. If you leave reading two hundred words a minute, you're still kind of a slow reader. But that's speed reading the way I define it. If I can double your reading speed, you're a speed reader now. It's you know people think it's pick up a book, fan it, and say, wow, that was a wonderful book. I love that speed reading course. That's not what it is. Uh, I've taken eight speed reading courses, took the best out of all of them, and created my own. Because I have to tell you, I, I took one course that said, just read down the middle of the page, and you'll kind of get the gist of what's going on. Well, I was reading a book, and they were burying someone on page 102. I didn't know he died. Unfortunately, he died on the side of the page, which I wasn't reading. So that didn't work for me. So I had to pick and choose what skills were better. The eye is a muscle, so it's a lot about exercising the eye properly. There's fun exercises and drills you can do. But for me as a teacher, it's more about comprehension. But the truth is, the slower you read, the worse your comprehension. So if you read too slowly, you have bad comprehension. If you read too quickly, you won't have good comprehension. So you have to learn what level you can read at, but read it at. Most people read at one speed. It's going to be their slowest. You need to, so if someone sees me reading a book, they'll see me reading very quickly, slowing down, medium, very quickly, depending upon how much information I'm trying to get based on that page. So it's a reading style that we teach, and the comprehension, and more importantly, the concentration is what I focus on, because you know, even though I do it for corporations and, and for people to read emails faster, I'm an educator and teacher at heart, and I want to make sure that concentration is there. So that can certainly help them. But it's not about reading 95 miles an hour and getting everything. It's increasing your speed at a very good pace and understanding. Uh, as far as study skills, I help people with mnemonic devices, word association, visualization, because it's about them being able to recall the information. If I have two people in front of me and they've studied the same material and one studied it my way, they're going to recall it better, faster, and for a longer period of time. So we've helped a lot of people, not just students, but adults, some adults who are students who have gone back to school, uh, you know, have help people in, improve their work vocabulary so they can write better. And uh, a lot of these, I don't call them tricks, they're really skills and strategies. We've got Mark Hoberman with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. He has a fantastic, fantastic new memoir. It is out. It is available. It is amazing. And uh, he joins us today here on our big, big, big broadcast. And uh, check out Search and Seizure, Overcoming Illness and Adversity. And uh, 45 minutes after the hour, thanks for joining us here on iHeartRadio and also Red Nation Radio as well. Um, Mark, tell us a little bit about creating success in school, because I know that your book addresses that, and uh, you've been a English teacher and SAT, ACT prep consultant for over 32 years. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, uh, it's funny. I've been on a couple of radio shows recently since the book came out, and people have asked that question, but not as poignantly as you just did, uh, because people learn in different ways. There are different modalities. Yep. When you and I went to school, there was one way to learn, and that's the way that teacher taught you that period. And then the bell oh, rang, and if you went to another class, you had to learn the way the teacher of that period taught. Yep. You know, there's people who are visual learners and audio learners, and now with the advent of technology, things have changed a lot. Uh, so, so people have different strengths, and we have to recognize that. And, you know, you talk about differentiated instruction, and it is difficult to teach, you know, 30 kids in a room if they have 15 different learning modalities, but there are ways to sprinkle in those type of learning modalities into the lessons. 
and let it hit the strengths of all different children. I believe anybody can learn. They learn at different paces. They learn at different ways. But anybody can learn. Uh, certainly if they enjoy the information. And it's really how you deliver it. You could be in one room learning Romeo and Juliet and snoring. And you could be in another room <laughs> and really being attentive and enjoying it. So, you know, I think it's a lot of pressure on teachers. I think the teachers have a much harder job now, a much different, more difficult curriculum. A lot of times you have to teach to the test. But I think many have risen to the occasion. And uh, I just think to educate the holistic child, it's more than just the academics in front of them. It's bringing text to self-connections, text to life connections, and just making sure that, that people understand the material from all different angles. Now, what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book? I want them to know that they're not alone. My parents, you know, we, we, I did not have good medical care while I was in Florida. We didn't have the best doctors. They found one of the top three doctors in the country, Dr. Eli Goldenson, who has since retired, but he was at Columbia Presbyterian. And medically, they did everything in the order that they should. They didn't get what they wanted, so we went somewhere else. But I think emotionally, they could have handled it better if they had a book like this and if they knew they weren't alone. I can't tell you when I've done book signings how many people say to me, oh, my, my daughter has epilepsy, my husband has epilepsy, we talk about the medications. I'm not, I don't know the pharmacology as well as a doctor, but, and I don't profess to be one, but I can really speak to them on that kind of personal level. And I feel that when they read this, there is some humor in it, there is some sadness, but uh, I, I do sprinkle my sense of humor throughout the book. And I think it's, you know, like one person who gave it a five-star review on Amazon said it was like having coffee with an old friend. So I really want them to, it's a very fast read. I think there's, there's, there's a, uh, a place for that genre where the plane goes off and two hours later it lands and you're done with my book. I think it's, uh, it gives a lot of information, but it's very personalized telling my story. And I think a lot of people connect with it in some way across the board, across the ages. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. Now, um, if, if people pick up the book and they want to get in touch with you, how exactly do they do that? Well, if they go to my uh, my business site, gradesuccess.com, www.gradesuccess.com, all the information there is about the tutoring. Info is there on how to contact me. There's also at the top right a bar that says click here for Mark's author website. They can go there and find Search and Seizure, which is also available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. They can write to me, and I can send them another ebook version if they have a different type of ebook, and they want to learn about any of that, you know, any any educational consultations or anything. And I also wrote a book for secondary teachers on classroom management and lesson planning that I'm updating and coming out in the second edition. So that site, GradeSuccess.com, that's the main site. That'll take them everywhere. They'll see videos that I've put together on grammar and other things. So that's the main hub for me. Now, uh, are you planning on doing a follow-up or, or anything to this book? Or going to keep writing? Uh, interesting. So, so I am, but I haven't decided what yet. Uh, I do like nonfiction. I don't think there's enough out there uh, that the kids can tap into. Uh, I do have some people I'm connected with who unfortunately have some adversity also. Uh, I know people whose children are now in their 20s who have overcome drug addiction. Uh, I have a friend who worked in a uh, local jail for 25 years, and he has some very interesting stories. And I think those are stories that need to be told. So I might write some things like that with them. Uh, I might, you know, expand on this a little bit more. We'll see. But I, I'm definitely not done writing. We've got a great guest with us today here on our broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border. Mark Hoberman is our guest. And uh, Mark, uh, 
this th- this book is is fantastically well written. You've put a lot of uh, effort into this. Who do you envision to be the potential readers for this great book? I think that any teens and any parents, uh, anybody with any kind of struggle, could enjoy this book because it shows that you're not alone. Uh, it, it, it's something that parents and, and teens that I know, the tutor, that they, they've read together and discussed it at the dinner table, which is very rare that you can discuss movies sometimes, but books, it's kind of rare when a, when a parent and, a, and, a, and their child, their teen child certainly, can discuss the, uh, the same reading material. So uh, I just think it's for anyone who's had adversity. I don't want people to think it's an epilepsy book. It's not. It's really based on illness and adversity, but adversity and struggle and uh, some stress. And how to overcome it. I talk about, you know, illnesses of my own children that they've had, uh, be it ADHD or uh, the uh, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome that I mentioned yep. earlier. Yep. And just, you know, how to approach it and how to make sure it doesn't define you. You need to embrace it. You need to own it. You need to know a lot about it. You need to reach out to people. I'm a member of 15 different Facebook groups. One is in Hungary. One is in India. And people write to me all the time. And I'm also... Uh, amazed, quite embarrassed that I didn't realize how lucky I was and that there are so many people out there, so many epileptics who are not controlled, who really, you know, have seizures every day. So I, I, I'm blessed that that's not my case. I've been controlled for almost 30 years. But I just think that anybody can really enjoy this. It's great for teachers. They can share with their, with their students. And I just think anybody with any kind of stress or dealing with any kind of problems could be divorce. Uh, I think that they could learn something from this book. I wish it was around years ago so my parents could have uh, benefited from some of the information in here if someone else had written something like this when I was diagnosed. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. And uh, before we let you go, my friend, uh, I, I, I definitely uh, want to keep in touch with you because uh, we're going to be doing a, um, a, a program uh, for our Access Television uh, folks, I believe in uh, December or January on education, and I would love to have you come on and uh, and impart some of your knowledge on that. So I will be in touch with you on that. Uh, before we let you go, social media websites, how do we get a hold of you, my friend? Uh, Facebook, you can look up Mark Hoban or Great Success. Uh, Twitter, Great Success also. Uh, they can certainly reach me there. And, uh, you know, they can email me at info at greatsuccess.com. But all that information is on my site, all my social media, my LinkedIn, my Twitter, my Facebook. So they can contact me any way they wish. Awesome stuff. Well, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate it, sir. Mark Hoberman with us today joins us on Skype Audio. That is that. Thanks for joining us. This has been the world-famous Cheeky Check Barber to your program. 